is the Modern Conservative Podcast with John Harvey. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jonathan Harvey, and I'm your host of the Modern Conservative Podcast. Um, you can find me on Podbean, um, iHeartRadio, basically any damn where they have podcasts. Um, you also can find me on tmcpnation.com. Go to the website, purchase merchandise, uh, travel around, see much of nothing but a bunch of pictures. But uh, hey, it's there because I don't know who wants to see this ugly mug. But it is Wednesday, the day of recording. And uh, I know I usually do it on Tuesdays and Thursday, but some things have been going on in my life, like I mentioned last week with my daughter and I lost a friend. And um, so I've been trying to juggle some things and some emotional things that, you know, sometimes you don't always feel like talking about um, publicly. But what I do want to talk about is Hunter Biden. And by the way, Today, my engineer, my sound guy, my producer, my buddy is also on the air with me today. He's usually on the opposite side. He runs all the buttons. He puts everything to the internet. He does my editing. My good friend, Brian Hyde. Mr. Hyde, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm just hoping that uh, my my being your guest isn't a continuance of that streak of bad luck. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're my good luck that been doing this for me since I've been doing it. Shit, it's going on, what, two years now, give or take? Yeah. You've been my guy. You've been my guy. And, uh, but, you know, Brian doesn't usually come on. You know, I see him on the screen. But today I said, you know what, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to talk about what's going on in the world. And he also has his own podcast, and that's in uh, Hiding in Plain Sight. Uh-huh. And so how do people find you, Brian? Uh, if you want to check out Hide in Plain Sight, it's on Substack. So Hide in Plain Sight, that's hide with a Y, um, it, dot substack.com. And listen to that radio voice. <laughs> Absolute radio voice, if I've ever heard one. But today we're going to have a conversation about Hunter Biden. So yeah. there are some good things in my life right now, my what's, friend. What's this I hear about Hunter Biden getting in some kind of trouble? What? No, not a Biden, really? right? <laughs> they don't do shit like that. Just as little people. Actually, but, you know, I, I have to admit, I, I've seen some headlines come up, but but I'm not really sure. He had a pretty sweetheart plea deal, and did, did that fall through today? Is that what happened? Dude, it fell straight through the bottom because, you know, they walk in there and thought, you know, we are the elitist. This is the son of elitist. You know, we're going to go before this judge, and this judge is going to say, cool, sounds good to me, you know, and take the plea deal. But that's not what happened. That is not what happened because her thoughts were simply, is he, doesn't he have another investigation going on? Because they thought they were slick because they thought that, you know, if they could get him to take the plea deal and they had what's called a diversion, that anything that would come up in the future would be double jeopardy because they made a deal in the process to forget all these other 13, what is it, other eight charges charges that he had that were stacked in this original um, indictment. Actually, it wasn't even an indictment. He never went in front of a grand jury. He actually struck a deal with the prosecutors before going to court. So he waived all his rights, you know, rights to a speedy trial, you know, to cross-examine the witnesses, which would have been basically the federal government. But that's how the elitist thinks, Brian. Must be nice. It must be nice to have that that kind of presidential privilege, and 
You know, and, and I, I think I think of this in terms of, uh, wasn't it just a little over a week ago they were trying to figure out whose cocaine was left in the White House? And, and the, the more they wouldn't tell us, the more it seemed like, well, they kind of are telling us, aren't they? Oh, uh, let me tell you something. I like having my black card, but there's nothing that supersedes <laughs> the card that he has right now because that dude has gotten out of so much crap just because of his last name. The hell with the black card. Give me one of those. Yeah, that's political privilege. That is, and this is where we, I mean, for the past three years, I've never seen the White House um, being occupied by some of the biggest dirtbags in this country. This is what's sad about it, Brian. And, you know, they want to come after Trump for something like, you know, the documents, classified documents. Joe Biden had classified documents, at least Trump's were at his house and he has been the former president of the United States. There's some credence there with Joe Biden. There is none because all the all documents that he possessed was why he was a vice president and a senator. So my question is to you, Brian, do you believe there's a two-tier justice system? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, uh, I live in Idaho, and I'll give you a small right. example of what that two-tiered justice system looks like. Um, back in mm-hmm. June of 2022, um, 31 guys were arrested who were ostensibly with this group called Patriot Front. Now, the media narrative is these are all white supremacists. I don't know that that's the case. I think they do have some pretty strong and maybe even some radical views. You know, America first. We don't want people coming in here and immigrants taking our jobs. And um, but, but as far as, you know, this, we're not talking Klan members, we're not talking Aryan nations, but they were very much there to protest a pride celebration taking place in Coeur d'Alene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the crazy thing about this is they were arrested. The police knew they were coming. The FBI took their phones without a warrant, still holding on to them. Um, five of them were tried last week and found guilty of conspiracy to riot. Now, they didn't actually riot, they, and nobody was, was talking violence but they got sentenced to three days in jail. So they went in Friday afternoon, Sunday afternoon. They were out having dinner at Applebee's, and uh, you know, the, the press was taking a, a victory lap. Now, contrast that with, you know who did show up there at the, the Pride Festival carrying guns, dressed head to toe in black with uh, you know their faces masked and going around menacing anybody who didn't seem to be too supportive of uh, you know this drag show for kids? That would be Antifa. And... and the cops turned a blind eye, you know, no prosecution for them. But boy, these guys who came in with the wrong political ideas, even though they didn't do violence, they're, they're treated like, you know, they, they were public enemy number one. And, and here's what's funny with that. Um, but I don't know a lot about that particular, I heard of it, but I don't know a lot about it. But you just said something to me that that would, could be troublesome because you said uh, conspiracy to riot. Now, what's the difference isn't uh, isn't that somewhat subjective? Because my idea of a peaceful riot is walking around with a, a flag gun saying I love this country. But somebody else can say no, that's a riot. That's not a peaceful peaceful. That's not a peaceful protest. See, and, and that's one thing that the feds have is that conspiracy language. You could be conspiracy. I mean, they can get you on anything when it comes to conspiracy. You can talk to some friends. Hey, I'm thinking about robbing the bank. Well, you, that is conspiracy. You were talking to a group of people, more than three people, about robbing a bank. Though you may not have done it, it still is a 
conspiracy. And that's what a lot of these guys would get caught up on in the federal system is conspiracy. It's the number one charge they trump up when they really want to come at you. You know, Glenn Beck was saying there's a book. I can't remember the name of the book, but it states that we all commit seven felonies a day. And we don't even realize it. Three felonies a day. Harvey Slivergate. Is it three felonies? Yep. 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 And so so when people throw in stones at other people for getting caught up with, with a felon, they're going to have to realize you just got lucky. And and these guys were charged with misdemeanor conspiracy to commit riot. Look, the, the, these guys, you know, I mean, look, they, they came prepared to protest. They knew Antifa was going to be there. There was the possibility there might be some violence, but there's video, there's uh, body cam footage from these, these uh, Patriot front guys where, mm-hmm. where they're talking about. Now, look, what we are doing is defensive only. You don't go out there and mouth off to people. Our silence, our discipline is what's going to help get our message across that we're legit. And they, they weren't, they didn't actually do something. So look, I'm not trying to defend them and tell people, you know, that, Hey, you know, this is a group you should be a part of. I'm just saying if they had actually done something violent, or had been talking like we're going to bust heads and, you know, this is how we're going to do it. Okay, that's a problem that needs to be corrected, but they didn't. So now we're, we're kind of in pre-crime territory, you know, like Minority mm-hmm. Report. And, mm-hmm. that, and that doesn't bode well because when we, as you mentioned, that two-tier justice system, pre-crime is going to work exclusively against conservatives or anybody who shows any inkling of patriotism or dissent against the, the out-of-control left-wing agenda. You know, speaking of the left, you know, they, um, the problem with the left, at least for me, the problem with the left, they are some of the most ignorant people that I know of. And, and and let me tell you why. And I don't say that based on facts. And this are, these are the facts. They don't take the time to learn what's going on in the real world because they listen to CNN, MSNBC, those stations that cater to their emotions more, more than what's really going on in the country. For example, a lot of these guys don't know anything about Hunter Biden. I had a friend of mine say to me, look, I don't care about Hunter Biden. He's not the president of the United States. I said, you're missing the point. How do you think, why do you think Hunter Biden is in hot water? It's not just because his name is Hunter Biden. It's because the shady deals that he's been doing with his father, who happens to be the president of the United States. That's how the liberals look at him. I don't care about Hunter Biden. It's because they don't look at the bigger picture. And they truly yeah. believe because, you know, I don't live in Delaware. I don't live in Washington, D.C. That's That doesn't bother me. That doesn't fit my lifestyle. Well, actually, it does. You just don't realize in, in what capacity. And so the problem with the liberals is there's so much that they don't know about, but they act as if they do. For example, the show The View. Those are some of the worst women I've ever seen, in my, or seen on television because – they know 99% of the shit that comes out of their mouth when it comes to conservative language, and we're talking about a situation such as Hunter Biden, they know it's true, but their job is to misinform their people as if we are the radicals and we're on a witch hunt, a witch hunt um, seeking justice, or I should say injustice for Hunter Biden. And that's where our country, that's where we've been in the past four freaking years. Hell no, it's the past seven years. And I'm wondering this next election, is it going to be the same? Well, you mentioned that bigger picture. And I'll tell you the part of the bigger picture that scares me um, again, 
So, so Hunter's not in office. Big deal. Well, here's the big deal. Even though he's not in office, but because he is related to someone who is in office, who may be party to some of these crimes, including taking bribes for influence from, you know, foreign companies and so forth. Right. Mm-hmm. You now have the Department of Justice acting in a totally politicized right. way to cover up for him. The FBI is almost Gestapo-like in the way that they're ignoring whatever he did, you know, his laptop and that kind of thing. Uh, the, the Secret Service even. I mean, okay, well, we did an investigation, but we have no idea whose cocaine was left in the White House. I guess, you know, they shrugged. Nothing we can do. Gee, how long have they been I mean, going after January 6th? You know, people who just walked into the Capitol. That grandma was in there with a, a flag and... You know, they, they'll, they'll go after her for years, but whoever had cocaine in the White House, well, I guess we'll never know. And and the thing is, they know where the, where it comes from. Look, when's the last time there's been cocaine in a warehouse that that was public? Well, there's only one trespasser, as far as I'm concerned, because he should never, ever gotten a clearance to be in the White House. I mean, he uh, he. um he shouldn't have. He, I mean, he shouldn't pass a background check. Simple as that. But because he's the president's son, he's afforded that luxury because he's the president's son. Now, cocaine in the White House. I don't know, but of one person that's synonymous to that family for using cocaine. <laughs> as in, there's like, only one. There's person. evidence on his own laptop of him weighing out crack I, cocaine. That kind of exactly. Thing, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's 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 absolutely ridiculous that. The Department of Justice have gone and let so much slip away when it comes to Hunter Biden. Had it been you or you and I, we both would have been under the prison system. And and the thing is, you know, we're talking millions and millions of dollars in tax evasions and gun charges, a gun charge, I should say. But yet he's, he's going to get a He was looking to get a misdemeanor based on a plea bargain, which would wipe everything out afterwards if they were to come out to come against him because it would have been. He would have been acquittable because in the federal in the, in the penal system you can't convince you can't convict a person twice for the same crime. Now, the state could, and that's my next question. I don't understand why some of these states are not coming after him because they're two different jurisdictions. You got the federal system, you have the state system. Why are the states not coming after him? And you know, the next time I get the ear of a politician, a U.S. politician, that's going to be one of my questions. Why are the states not going after him? Because I spoke to um, a guy that was on my show, Ziegler, um, and he was uh, one of the people that uh, subpoenaed, one of the first people that subpoenaed a lot of some of the paperwork for the Hunter Biden laptop. And I asked him the same question. He said, there are other states that he committed crimes in, Arkansas, Arizona, and a few others. And you know, and he's working with the attorney generals of that state. And so they're hoping they could eventually do something, especially if nothing happens to him on the federal side. Somebody's got to do something because you can't get away with these crimes. Now, I really love to see. I really would love to see what's on the laptops. I really oh. would. Well, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene tried to show some of the pictures that were on the laptop. I haven't seen that video. Oh, my goodness. I mean, look, it. it the, the essential stuff was blurred, but it was very clear. It was total pornographic photos taken by Hunter or those who were with him of him with prostitutes and, and p- potentially underage prostitutes. And you would think that uh, suddenly the halls of Congress had been transformed into this hallowed temple. And oh, how could you show something so profane? And 
And yet, you know, that selective outrage, you know, it, it, it was only, it was only because that's the president's son and he has a right to privacy, but you know, I don't know if I agree with the way that MTG went about showing it, but mm-hmm. she showed them reality, and boy, they did not like it. The the folks on the Democratic side of the aisle were just incensed, even as they're talking about the need for why we need to censor more. You know, it's important. Keep, keep oh. this information away from people. Yeah, the problem is they try that. Well, they did do that from 2020 to 2023, censoring people. That you know, the government would say, you know, we never censored anybody, but yet you were working with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram to silence people who you did not agree with on our conservative values and how we think our country should be ran by more, um, more ethical politicians. Um, I, you know, I'm gonna change the table. For a second, did you actually see the movie um, "Sounds of Freedom" yet? Have you seen it yet? I have not. I hope to. Maybe maybe this weekend I'll have a chance. I've got to be on the road for a bit, but I really want to see it. You've got to see that because the reason why I say that is because, and I think I spoke about this the last time I was potting, um, that I don't understand how so many people are trying to um, talk about this movie as if it's this stuff does not happen in this country. And any country. And, you know, once again, I want to tell people, go listen to Sounds of Freedom. If you are, I don't care if you're a Democrat, Brian, I don't care if you're a Republican. If you're a mother, a father, a auntie, a uncle, a brother, or a sister, or mother. If I forgot, mother, a biological mother. And uh, or whether you're gay or you're straight, you have to see this movie because it kind of wakes you up as to what's going on in this country. And I um, on my website also showing people a real life predator getting caught at a school in its moment. And this man literally says that he is going to violate this eight-year-old girl as if she was an adult. Mm. Literally telling the cops on the sidewalk this, what he was going to do to this little girl. And the only reason why he got caught, because the real parents were there. He actually said he was her father. And he sat behind her in the classroom. And the parents were actually actually in the parking lot. uh, And, uh, got wind of what was going on with their little girl. So, you know, Tim Ballard, they did a great job in this movie. And like I said, I mean, I don't get paid to say this, but I'm just telling you as a conservative and as a father who's gone through hell in the last month and a half because of my little girl, um, you have to go see this movie and, uh, and get back to basics when it comes back to our kids, our grandkids. I don't have grandkids, so I'm speaking for you, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Got a couple. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, so I'm speaking for you, buddy, uh, because I'm stuck at zero right now, and I'm kind of glad. So, so yeah, go check out that movie. Um, Let me ask you a quick question. What's your thoughts on Donald Trump, DeSantis, the top four candidates that are running right now? 
<sighs> Let's have it. I got to be honest. Think? I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about 2024 because um, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty turned off by the whole election cycle. Um, mm-hmm. And and this is not to say that, you know, I, I, I'm really comfortable with Joe Biden and think he's doing a great job. <laughs> I don't. Um, I'll be very happy when he's out of there. But um, I, I think Biden is probably going to be shown the door. I don't think it's going to be a matter of him running for reelection. I'm pretty sure the Democrats are going to invoke the 25th Amendment. And uh, I don't know what I don't think they will allow Kamala Harris to, to be president, maybe they'll let her finish out the rest of Joe's term, but they'll mon- they'll nominate rather somebody like Gavin Newsom, who to mm-hmm. me is slick enough and appealing enough to to the uh, I'll call them the soccer mommies, but you know what I'm talking about the liberal right, women who who will support him just based off his looks and his, chari- and his charisma. The dude's a threat. He's yeah. he he would be like the Justin Trudeau yeah. for for oh, America. I know what We're a done. what a nightmare that would be. Oh, On the yeah. Republican side, I do think that DeSantis probably is a less polarizing figure than Trump, and and Trump has made some mistakes. I, there, there's a lot that he did that I'm like, man, it was so good to see him stand up, and uh, I, I don't know that anybody else could have done it in that term. I, I'm not so sure that Trump hasn't uh, reached the end of his shelf life. My jury is still out on that. I'm, I'm not a hater on him, but he does not hold the appeal that uh, that he once did. And and maybe maybe DeSantis, you know, would would be a a good a good way to go. He seems to handle himself well. The press doesn't intimidate him. He seems you know fairly you know dialed into um, to his principles. But I don't look at either one of them like they're going to be a savior just because that that permanent bureaucratic state is still going to be there and fighting them tooth and nail just like it did with Trump from the time right. he was elected in 2016. And, you know, there's I've seen stuff where they say equate uh, DeSantis to Hitler. Um, and so there's a lot of people on the other side that thinks, you know, DeSantis just mini Trump. Um but the thing is, you know, and the reason why I asked that question was because RFK Jr., I actually like him. Now, he is a Democrat. I will say that. Let's get it out there so I let you know I do know what I'm talking about. He is a Democrat. But I will tell you, he is what conservatives were back in the early 60s, late 60s. Yep. And see, and that's who he is, you know. He didn't care. He hated COVID vaccine. So they recent the Democrats just recently came after him, saying that he was racist. Isn't that their answer See, for everything? It's their it is it is their answer for everything. No matter how good how much good you do as an individual, once you run for public office, such as the president of the United States or the Senate seat or the congressional seat, you become a racist. Yep. And the people that are spewing that out the most, it is always the political party that have been known as historically racist, the Democrats. Everything that's racist in this country has been founded and started by the Democrats. And and so when they start doing it to their own people, that should tell you something. They should tell everybody out there, they don't care who you are. If you're going to affect their agenda, they are going to smear you like no other, and they're going to smear you with the race card. Well, it, it follows, though. 
where, where does racism come from? It comes from race-obsessed people. Who are the most mm-hmm. race-obsessed people? Well, <laughs> I would say Democrats. the Democrats would probably be right up there at the top of the list. They are, they are absolutely. That's how they de- define, define their party. We're for the weaker man. You know, we're for those who do not get equal justice. Well, the problem is, Democrats, it's your policies that are destroying individuals when it comes to equal rights and justice. Let me, let me give you an example. Uh, affirmative action, Democrats. Uh, prison reform, so and the 1994 prison reform, Democrats, Joe Biden. Everything that's hurt the black people has been a law that's been written by the Democrats. And now, I, have a, now I, I made this comment before, and I think it was in a private conversation. I had said that... Um, it's amazing to me how we have a blacks have adopted everything bad that the Democrats have recre- have created. Like, for example, the Democrat Party, the party that founded the Ku Klux Klan. Now we represent them. That's crazy as hell. Planned Parenthood, 26 million black babies killed. Now we promote abortions for Planned Parenthood. Matter of fact, we are the postal race for Planned Parenthood. Um, then when it comes to entitlements, the welfare system, which was used to keep us in check financially by the federal government in the 60s, we are also the poster child for welfare. Oh, let's not forget about the NAACP. The NAACP was founded by mostly white men who were against anti-lynching laws. But now we run the NAACP. But yet, at no time, at no time, Brian, did they say, you know what? I'm going to join the Republican Party, the party that ended slavery and also voted in 1968 for equal rights. At no time do they consider joining this party. The party that has done everything to set them free and give them a hand up rather than a hand out, they have not joined us collectively. We trickle in, blacks trickle in slowly, you know, gas prices is up, uh, bread prices, egg prices up. So you know what? That must be a Democrat. You'll get a few trickle over because of that. But as a whole, they've drank that Kool-Aid, that grape aid, and decided to be Democrats. And I don't understand that. Yeah, I, I'll admit, Democrats, Republicans, um, to me, those labels have a lot less meaning th- than they used to. Yep. Um, but you will find, primary, even within the Republican Party, there are people who embrace collectivism. It's all about the collective and the, what the collective, what the group wants is more important than what the individual wants or needs. And then there's uh, individual, individualism or individualists. Um, that's where I think that's where you and I stand would be. Look, I stand for the rights of the individual. I don't care what right. s- what their skin color is, what their you know sexual identity is. I don't care about anything. I want them to be as free as possible because I know that if they're as free as possible, so am I. Exactly right. And you know, and speaking of the collective, and that's a problem with, as far as my community. They think we need to do everything as a collective rather than an ind- individual. The Constitution was basically set up for us individual individual rights and the problem is a lot of people from my um, community 
haven't figured that out yet. You don't have to be a Democrat just because you're black. You don't have to be. You don't have to be a Democrat just because you're black. What you have to be is free. And free of government restrictions that are unconstitutional. So give me your last thoughts. we got about a minute or so left, Brian. This is why voices like yours are really important. Because to to many people, you're going to break the mold, you know, and and you can speak freely. You can say things that I can't. My white privilege only takes me so far. But, John, you can speak the truth. And to me, that's that's where there's a lot of power in your message because you can just give it to them straight. Brian, how can people find you again? Uh, there's two places. Go to the com or hide, H-Y-D-E, in plainsight.substack.com. And ladies and gentlemen, this show comes to another conclusion. Um, I enjoy having my best, my good friend Brian Hyde on, my sound guy. Brian, um, once again, thank you. Thank uh, you. Ladies and gentlemen, look for me on the Modern Conservative Podcast on all platforms. Um, you can also find me at tmcpnation.com. I'm going to try to be back another day this week. I'm not exactly sure, but I will be back um, for two podcasts a week. And uh, I want to say have a great week. Have a great weekend. And uh, once again, as always, I love you all. Thank you for listening. This is the Modern Conservative Podcast. Okay.